Cosmic Frequency, Tuning into the Awakened Heart. This program is brought to you by Pranaluz Conscious Living. My name is Analu and I am the founder of Pranaluz and host for the Cosmic Frequency podcasts. Our podcasts focus on three main pillars, spirituality and social and environmental awareness. Our topic today is returning to natural sound, and our guest is Shervin Bularayan. Shervin launched Bali's first sound healing events program in 2012, which has since served 10,000s of guests in over 13 countries worldwide. He's a celebrated vocalist, live natural music artist, certified sound practitioner, and accomplished sound healing teacher and trainer. Shervin combines musical skills and heart-opening vocals as sound medicine for deep relaxation, peace, and connection to the unseen world. He's also a recording artist, releasing his third album, I Hear You, Mother Earth, on April 22, 2020, in response to the COVID-19. His prior album, a collection of Rumi wisdom and Sufi-inspired songs, was endorsed by a worldwide best-selling Rumi translator and poet, Coleman Barks. With over 10 years of experience as a sound therapist, Shervin trained under Fabienne Maman, one of the pioneers of sound mother therapy, becoming a certified sound therapist through the Tamado Academy. Shervin has featured presenter at Google offices in Singapore, MTV Europe, and various holistic festivals. He normally presents live music events and workshops at the Yoga Barn in Bali and leads multi-instrumental sound healing trainings and private sessions in Ubud, where he is based. He quotes, I love making music that brings you home to what feels natural and peaceful, no matter what you're going through. Comforting, organic healing sound awakens a listener to their inner healer their innate wisdom and creative action. Shervin, how are you? Greetings. How are you, Analu? Bali, I'm enjoying the beautiful energy here. I'm sending it all to you, and I'm very grateful for this opportunity. Thank you so much. I, I miss Bali too, and it's uh, great to connect with you <laughs> through this conversation. So I'm very glad and, and flattered to have you today in our conversation. My um, pleasure. Thank you for, for being here. It's such a, an important and amazing topic, and I couldn't have chosen a better person to speak about this than you, so I'm very excited uh, today to connect Thank with you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited too. Thank you. I'm really excited to be part of your show, and um, I'm really looking to connect to your listeners and, and to you today. Thank you. So um, maybe, Sharon, if we want to start a little bit by, by sharing with uh, the listeners about um, your personal path, what brought you to connect with music and sound, and you share with me that you had a different job before, you had different background, and I'd like to hear a little bit more about that. My whole path that led me to sound healing was uh, so much about my own healing journey in the sense that I was in a place where nothing else was really working for me in terms of the main medical pathways that people go in order to deal with uh, physical problems, emotional, mental, and so on and so forth. And I discovered that the world of energy created such a beautiful complement to all the other therapies I was receiving in the mainstream. And it was the, it was the missing piece, so to speak. It was the underlying wisdom uh, that can only be transferred through you know, what I call the art of listening and really being able to listen to the energetic messages that are coming through when you can't understand why it is that a particular injury keeps recurring or certain situations keep popping up in your life over and over and over again. And you know, it, it just takes a little bit of reframing everything and looking at the energetic influences inside you, around you, 
and then you can really start to make those changes in your life and start to bring yourself out of the um, of the negativity. And that's what happened to me. I had an entirely different career. I was working as a policy advisor in Washington, D.C. That was my bread and butter. That was what my value was to the world. And uh, it was... It was really not what I was meant to be doing. And I'm sure many of your listeners and maybe even you can really relate to this. When, when you're in a world where you feel totally going, you feel like you're rubbing against what it is your true offering and what you're truly about in the world. And it's starting to create these uh, waves of uncertainty inside. You, 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 find, you start to feel like you're getting ill or you start to feel like you're, you're kind of coming up on different types of um, scenarios that just aren't for you. And you still want to pursue it because of career, because of your know, paycheck and so on and so forth. So I had to make her some really tough changes and some really tough decisions that have everything to do with the essence of sound therapy. And that is truly listening to what you're about and allowing yourself to fit with the energy around you in a way that is harmonious. Mm, beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I totally resonate with that. Um your personal path and I believe many many of us and tapping into this uh, energetic messages is through listening is such a wise advice that sometimes we tend to overlook right and it's an invitation also for this and uh, and how specifically did you start getting into the the sound healing I mean you're such an amazing musician you play what what do you not play <laughs> you play you play every single instrument and um, as far as I know right well I don't play the violin yet but maybe one day I hope to get to the violin at some point <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's a lot of different instruments that I play, and um, you told us a little bit of how how you change your path and and started connecting more with uh, listening and tapping into your mm -hmm. genuine your genuine path, what your soul wanted and desired, and how did that path took you to to music and sound and healing. Well, I was learning with a wonderful uh, shamanic teacher. Her name was uh, Robin Rice, and she she was in the. Um, Maryland area which is just outside of DC and I was training with her I decided to train with her for a year and this this was the the most uh, <laughs> uh, challenging year of my life but it also brought about the most changes and in that time um, I started to learn about not only energy but also taking responsibility for my energy and how that has such an incredible effect on changing the, the narratives, mm. uh, changing how things happen in your life and what things happen, what you attract, who you attract. And it was through that process that I learned that my personal way of connecting to energy um, had to do with sound, that that was my personal way of, of being able to access harmonious energy through music, through sound, and through poetry, that these were the crafts that felt so much um, that they kind of stood out the most in terms of the way in which I wanted to share positive energy with the world. And so after completing that apprenticeship, I started looking to deepen my connection with, it, with energy, in particular the sound energy, and I discovered the Tamado Academy of Sound, Color, and Movement. And I was fascinated by the work of this academy because its founder and teacher Fabienne Maman is one of the pioneers of sound therapy, and he is the one who studied blood cells and how they respond to sound vibration under the microscope. So the left brain side of me felt very, um, very enthusiastic and intrigued by this component. And then the spiritual side of it and the energy side of it, the color therapy, the, the work with essences, the work with tuning forks, the work with instruments, all of those types of things, the creative side of things, that was also stimulated too. So I really felt like I hit the jackpot in that mm -hmm. regard, that I found something that really brought all my interests together quite beautifully. And, and his influence is still, still the primary one when it comes to the training that I've received. And, uh, and what I offer the world now today, now almost 10 years later. Beautiful. And that's um, also how I felt when I met you. I also hit the jackpot. So I'm still hoping I can <laughs> do this training with you. I'm so excited. So thank you. That's um, amazing that that you had so um, such an encounter with your your words were so beautiful the way you you said it you know you found your way right 
for to connect with this process of getting a harmonious relationship with the energy through sound and through poetry. Um, that's beautiful. And can you tell us a little bit more about about the, the sound and the vibrations? You mentioned this teacher was able to work a little bit with the impact of the uh, vibrations in the blood, right? So can you share a little bit with us or those who perhaps are not so familiarized with how or or what is not <laughs> affected by vibrations, right? But we're all vibrations. But how can we learn more about this? Well, I, I can certainly share the the primary findings of his studies, which are fascinating. And you can find this all in his book, The Tao of Sound, uh, which is uh, a beautiful illustrated book, which not only goes into the principles of sound therapy and natural sound, but also the beautiful um, kind of the results of the, of the of the work that he did in terms of looking at how blood cells respond to sound. The interesting thing was that of all the different instruments that he looked at, when he looked at sound and how the blood would become empowered, it's the blood cells themselves, the healthy blood cells, when they would receive sound, and he looked at different uh, sequences of notes as well and different instruments. But what was consistent was that the sounds would create this empowerment of the blood cells. You could see that they would start to expand and uh, revitalize and start to create this, this, these beautiful different shapes and colors that would come into, um, into the, um, into the view of the observer. And not only that, he, he discovered that of all the different instruments, that uh, and he looked at many different ones that the human voice was the most powerful in terms of um, empowering these blood cells and giving them that vitality and uh, it, the, the human voice has a consciousness and we all have a deep connection to the human voice ever since going back to the womb when we could feel the vibration mm -hmm. of the mother and, and, and the energy of, of, of the mother. And those types of vibrations, they carry with us. And so the, the voice is paramount when it comes to working with sound. And, and you know this because you work with mantra and sound yourself. Mm. And you know that there is something very special about the human voice, which even to this day cannot be replicated synthetically in a way that even a child could listen to the two different, the synthetic and the human voice, and they'll know straight away which one is the human voice. So there's something very unique. Each one of us has a different signature when it comes to our voices. Mm -hmm. And so if we can consider that the voice is our number one therapeutic tool, it can completely change our relationship with the voice, which is one with fraught with self-consciousness and, 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 criticism and so forth because it doesn't sound perfect mm -hmm. and the world of harmony is one that i believe trumps perfection we need to be able to call in more harmony and let go of our need for things needing and having to be perfect so that's the first thing the second thing that he discovered was that the cells that he looked at were not only healthy cells he looked at hela cancer cells and he discovered that using a different sequence of tones that he could actually disrupt and obliterate cancer cells. And of all the different instruments, again, that he, that he was testing when doing this, and he did this at the University of Jusso in Paris in 1981, so a long time ago, he discovered that the human voice, again, was the most effective one at being able to obliterate these cancer cells as well as empowering the healthy cells. Amazing. And... Um can you share us a little bit, Sheridan, about how, what's the background of, of sound healing or sound therapy? Like, I mean, of course, like our civilizations, uh, ancient civilizations have used sound in, in, in such a, a variety of ways, right? Through rituals, through healing, like a sound and music has been with us throughout all our existence, right? And it did have like some, um, it did have a sacred power and, and they were aware of the sacred power of sound. Yet what was the ancestral knowledge or wisdom? And perhaps how has that, or how are we trying to recover this through the, the sound therapy and the work you're doing? Well, I think you're right. It's a really hard thing to trace to one particular point because it's so pervasive. It's so available uh, in terms of so many different cultures, so many different lineages throughout the world have a connection to sound and, and music and the voice as a healing therapy. 
and you can go back to prehistoric times. And I think um, the main thing we can gather from that is that there is a universality mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To, to sound and music that makes it one of the most accessible forms of energy work, you know, beyond the others. Because sound goes back to the beginning of time and is woven in the DNA, you know, and it's something that we can respond to because even the sounds of nature, especially the sounds of nature, are where sound healing starts. Nature is the number one healer and it hasn't changed over all these generations. It's still our number one way of coming back to ourselves and finding balance and harmony. You can just look at Ayurveda or Chinese medicine. These are ancient traditions that encourage us to go back to the connection with nature and the wisdom of nature to be able to find our balance, find our way again. And that's really essentially, you know, how how sound um, kind of became or uh, started its path. And more recently, you know, there have been people uh, such as Hans Jenny, who was uh, the first to really look at sound um, and look at how it impacts matter. And you know, these uh, those people who are familiar with those videos on YouTube, where you look at uh, what are called cymatics and how you know, the sound vibrations create these responses on this water or plates with matter on it and they reorganize the matter into these beautiful geometrical designs so it was that interest on modern modern level that started to get us back into kind of studying sounds of uh, impacts on uh, as it is today and and there are many mystics and and folks uh, who are from the, um, the kind of the psychic realm who have stated that you know, sound is the way of the future. Sound is really what we have to come back to to get our medical world back in order. That it cannot be just the anatomical medicine. We have to start looking at energy and sound, as I mentioned before, is the primary and most um, all-encompassing form of energy that we can all relate to. I remember the, the work of um, Masaru Emoto with uh, the water, right? And the particles in the water. That was also very beautiful how he proved uh, how the vibrations and different music, right? Um, created different crystals in the water. So I think this is coming coming forth a little bit more into stream media, that people are becoming a bit more aware of this, that we're perhaps was seeing a little bit more uh, paranormal or far from science, right? But science is now actually... How do you say cooperating and, and confirming yes. this, right? Which is amazing. <laughs> I'm very yes, happy. and it's about time. It's a wonderful thing to see. And, uh, you know, there are, there are people who are experimenting now with high-level ultrasound and how to kind of break up cancer cells using pure sound and, and breaking up kidney stones using high-level sound as well. So, you know, it's, we're just scratching the surface with this stuff. And, uh, you know, what you mentioned earlier about the, the sacredness, because it does go back, you know, just to this other kind of deep buried part of the consciousness. Uh, when you think of how sound affects us, it goes into a very deep level, you know, and it's something that mothers have done to sing to their children, for example, since the beginning of time and before that. So this, this part of it is what fascinates me the most, is the, you know, there's this formula brought up by a, a, a modern sound healer known as Jonathan Goldman, and he says the, it's the uh, intention plus the frequency that equals healing. And I would add into that, into that formula the addition of presence. Intention plus frequency plus presence um, that's something that really makes a huge difference. And that comes, you know, from, from all of these things that we're learning about in the modern age that bring us back to what the sages and the mystics have told us about centering, about finding your meditative stillness inside, about being able to tune in to what's around you and who is around you. It's an entirely different craft than playing an instrument as an entertainer where you're there to try to, you know, show off your technique and try to get people to, um, you know, uh, to, to kind of be wowed by how good you are as, as a musician. If you can get into that place of presence and intention, 
then the frequencies themselves can really start to carry and, and create a lot of um, shifts. And that's also what Masuro Emoto's work really demonstrated too, is intention makes a huge difference. And you add in a stronger intention, you add in some attention of, that is based on a real deep sense of connection to yourself and the world around you. And then you have a, a, an incredible formula. Thank you. So it was beautiful what you were saying about um, the intention and, and being present. And uh, when, we, when we connect with vibrations and, and sounds and the healing power of them, like old sages and, and, you know, in India, like when you speak about the Vedas and these languages that were so sacred and they, they had, they had um, a specific vibration of the words and the sounds that sometimes in some languages cannot even be translated, right? Because they lose the power. Do you, do you believe that there's um, that this process of, of understanding a world of uh, being energetic beings and there being sound and vibration begins with a process of awareness? Or what would be your perspective on this? Yes, I totally agree. And I, I love what you said about the... Um, these ancient languages and how there is something about these ancient languages that cuts through and you don't, you don't have the same kind of effects that you do when singing in these modern languages. And it's why, you know, people are, people are um, telling me, you know, Shervin, why don't you sing in English? And why don't you do your songs and your mantras and, and, and share songs in English? And that's the reason is that there was, this level of awareness in terms of the energetic property of what it is that, that comes through underlying the words and the meaning of the words, there's also an energetic quality to the sounds. That when you hear the word Devi, Devi Ma, in a, you know, in a, in a chant or a mantra, you know, that these different syllables have a certain quality to, to them that you can be able to try to spend time with really tuning in that you can start to decipher and start to understand that this what this little ma for example which you find in all cultures all across the world mm -hmm. the word that connects to the feminine and the nurturing energy of the mother you know how is it that every single essentially every single culture in the world has this deep connection to this particular phrase that has such a deep way of being able to invoke the energy of the mother and that consistency is something that I believe that these ancient languages had a better grasp of than the modern ones. And so uh, when I was training at the Tamado Academy, I learned about this discipline called uh, Kototama, where you, it is the actual study of all the different utterances and what their energetic qualities are, and that you can start to be able to make beautiful connections to, uh, to these different formulas, through the mantras, that you start to realize what the energy is starting to create and, and invoke when, you, when you're using those mantras, even down to your name. You know, and I believe that this explains why people go to India, for example, and change their names. They go from being called John or, or Jane or what have you, and they want to call themselves Saraswati. But, you know, it's not just some weird thing that people are doing just because they, it makes them feel better. There's an essential energetic quality to this number one mantra that we have on a daily basis that people refer to us by an energetic quality. Some people can't relate or resonate with that when it's the name that's given to them. So when it's something that comes from, from a practice and a study of how sounds work, then it's a totally different type of experience with all the different energies around you. And you're right, your awareness changes when you start to pay attention to these things. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I notice it, Shervin, when I offer the kirtans, you know, when we always set an intention and, and perhaps, you know, like you mentioned before, some people are not familiarized with uh, why you're chanting in Hindu or, or why you're chanting in, I don't know, in Pali or Tibetan. Yet uh, it's a, it's the power behind uh, behind the words, right? It's, and it's the intention we set, uh, regardless of of religion, right? Or regardless of uh, philosophy, is the power of those sounds that we we connect through in a matter of, of vibration, right? Which is uh, the healing component of of this practice, and of course in, in sound healing the same. So I would like to um, perhaps I know you mix in your work. Uh, 
the sound with with the chanting right and you mentioned before very important the connection with the harmony of nature so i would like to ask you if you could explain to us how how does it work how can we start connecting through the sounds with nature with the different elements sure yes and uh you know there are different traditions that approach things in different ways but essentially the the one type of approach when it comes to sound and energy that seems to be something that most people or have been trained in or studied in to some extent is the relationship between these energy centers the chakras and and sound and uh, the elements of nature and then you can add a whole list of other things for example colors certain emotions uh, certain organs and so looking at these wheels of energy and looking at the, the you know the vibrational kind of uh, quality of the human body when it's in harmony you can start to make certain conclusions you can start to bring in the, the different instruments the different tones the different um even uh, some people call them the, the seed syllables which are meant to be related and connected to each of these different types of energy centers so that's something that you know works across the board for a lot of different folks from different traditions and that's something that i also work with it's a, i look at instruments that um are all natural instruments all instruments that are truly made uh, or have um, have a way to be able to evoke the natural qualities and properties of nature that those instruments can be subdivided into those different zones of energy and so you can use those um, vibrations to be able to access the imbalances that might exist so for example if you're dealing with low uh, the the lower chakras you're dealing with essentially lower frequencies deeper sounds the sounds that have a connection to the physical realm and so you would want to be able to uh, use those types of instruments that allow you to get into that space and to allow the receiver to kind of receive the energy of those lower uh, those lower chakras that can balance them for For example, the drum, the didgeridoo, the gong, and so on and so forth. These are fantastic instruments for people who are wanting to get more into their body, wanting to connect on a physical level. Many of us who kind of exist in the ether, we have trouble grounding and finding mm -hmm. a connection to the body. Sometimes we don't even feel safe to be in our own bodies. And so it may be uh, that we have to be extra sensitive with the use of these instruments in such a way that we can gradually allow them to come back into the body and connect to those energy centers and start to release the tension that may be preventing them from accessing those spaces. So that's just an example. And each of the energy centers, I actually break down, some people have seven chakras, nine, 12, and so on and so forth. I break it down into the most simplistic formula of just three energy centers. The Taoists use this system the lower, the mid, and the upper. And I break the instruments, all the different instruments that you see that are used in the sound healing world, I divide them up, subdivide them into these three zones. And that's how I approach it. And you can start to get physical cues if you're trained enough to be able to be present that show you where a person's energy may be in balance and how you can use these sounds to bring the energy back into, into more of a harmony. Now, using musical instruments isn't really um, isn't really going to be the kind of penetrating way that, that perhaps tuning fork therapy that I have also had. But, but using the instruments that are musical kind of helps with the energy field primarily and acts somewhat the physical level. But when you're using the types of musical instruments that you hear in normal sound healings, they generally have a beautiful effect on the emotions. And you know that because you can watch a movie, you can you know, watch a, uh, any kind of visual, and as soon as you add music to it, it changes the entire mood to what it is you're watching. It adds an entirely new So the, the music is the master of the emotions. And on an emotional level, we can start to connect 
and start to release pent-up stuff. You can open the heart with music. That's my personal way of accessing is the heart-opening stuff. And then the other instruments can be used, the, the less musical instruments perhaps uh, in, the, in the modern sense, but the instruments like the drum and the bitch tend to have a better effect. Physical stuff and the instruments like the crystal balls and the bells and so forth, they're, they're higher pitches, less dense, very light, and so they affect the upper chakras and so on and so forth. And this is all nuanced. And you have to get into it to really understand, you know, what the sequences is and how to make it happen in a way that feels coherent. Mm -hmm. But that's essentially the, the way that you approach sound as a healing tool, is you look at which instruments create those effects, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And how, how does instruments uh, penetrate on a on a physical, energetic, and etheric level. Like, I know there are some instruments, like you mentioned, you know, the drums, like, are really grounding where the, where the crystal balls are more in the higher chakras. But um, are, are certain instruments able to tap deeper into different layers, let's say, of our koshas, you know, different layers of our physical, etheric, emotional, and mental? Yes, the different dimensions of being, the different... Uh, mm -hmm. People call them the... Um, the different energetic bodies yes. absolutely it's possible and the 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 main thing to realize though is that most people don't have an awareness beyond the physical and the emotional and the mental you know so we have to start there and that's why music is just you know everybody loves it everybody has a certain style of music or a way of connecting to music that is you know, unique to them. Like they, we, we love music across the board. And so it helps us to kind of do the, make the first steps to part of the journey when it comes to understanding energy. If people are really drawn to bass, if they're really drawn to rhythm and the shamanic sounds, then chances are they have a deep connection to the physical part of, of the of their body they want to be in their body they love to dance they love to move you know they have that deep connection and so using the um the uh methods of energy work you can particularly chinese medicine they say that where there's excess in one area there's usually depletion in another mm -hmm. so you can start to then put the pieces of the puzzle together and see well you know maybe there's excess here and maybe there's not enough connection to the emotional realm so that's a very good uh, indication, right, for us to, to become, to explore what uh, music we like to listen and what we resonate with, to kind of like a self-evaluation of where we are at, right? Big time. That's exactly right. And that's really what sound therapy, people don't really realize it, but that's exactly what one of the gifts are, is that you can start to be able to discern, hey, I am really in need of music with piano and strings. I love the symphony sounds. I really, you know, I, I'm in that place where I need to connect with my, my heart wants to, wants to bask in those. Areas. And um, can I ask you a question? This is more of something that I would love you to speak about because, you know, there's all, all styles of music and realms of music and classical and heavy rock and heavy metal and blues, jazz, beautiful, and tones and rhythms. Could you give me an example of how a reggaeton music, <laughs> which is very common in Latin America, uh, unfortunately, to my personal. And there is, for example, imagine this beautiful, mystical, Celtic sounds of higher notes. So how would those two um, differentiate, let's say, on, a, on, a, on all those uh, dimensions of our being? What would be the different impact? Those two, for example. Well, I'm, I'm not really familiar with reggaeton so much. Uh, is, is it kind of an offshoot of reggae? And reggaeton is like, I'm glad you're not familiarized with it, though. That's a very good <laughs> indication. <laughs> reggaeton is, um, it's, it's very interesting. It's a very, very bass, uh, primal sound, very, very easy melodies, and very, very focused on drumming, like boom. Yeah. boom. It's kind of like a version, well, um, of hip hop and and but very very deep sounds with drums and the same rhythm all the time and very nasty words in general like, <laughs> but it, it's very interesting because a lot of people are driven to that uh, primal sound of the drums yet um 
this is very very easy to follow it doesn't have any art, art in it you know in a way it's not like a like a beautiful composition or like a melodic sound it's very pr primal let me try to answer it based on based on the kind of the, the lens that i use and and that is that you know different ethnic traditions and different types of music throughout the world will have a particular instrument that dominates or, or maybe a couple of different instruments that dominate and in observing this we can start to see what it is that um, creates the most energetic kind of stamp the high the, the, the most significant energetic stamp as part of that particular style of music And so, you know, if it's something that involves a lot of drums and a lot of, you know, primal energy, then we're dealing with stuff that has to do with the lower chakras. You know, it's a very physical sounding thing. You can even look at language in the same way. There are certain languages, and I go into this in my training, that have a very dominant kind of um, certain vowel that comes up a lot. And if the, that vowel can give away a hint, in certain not just languages, but accents too, that there are variations that go within cultures and within languages and within nations where you can start to pinpoint, oh, there is much more of a physical element here, there's more of an emotional element here, there's more of a mental element here. And so with that type of you know, observation, you can start to really get a sense of where the energies are focused in different cultures and different parts of the world. And yeah. you, can, you can tell there are certain you know there are certain languages that have they don't they have in the past they even banned certain vowels because they would create too much of a certain response in the people and certain instruments would be banned because you know it would be something that you know would create a response chanting would be banned and so forth so you know you see how society kind of influences the shaping of our musical and sound energy surroundings and environment over over the years by just doing these little cursory studies mm -hmm. thank you for sharing and sure. uh, could i ask you you know there's this understanding in music that the current uh, musical scale that we use is was invented by the germans of so the little i know and there's this uh, other so what, what is your perspective on that what is your point uh the old 442 430 <laughs> yes it's, uh it's a really interesting kind of analysis and everybody will have a different way of approaching it. Some people say that 442 is something that kind of came out of Nazi Germany or was influenced by something that brings us away from nature and that uh, when you do 430 or 444 or, or different types of way of tuning our, our instruments, that you use a different kind of uh, frequency to tune those instruments, that that brings us back in touch with nature. And, you know, I would say that there are arguments in both directions that make sense. I personally feel like follow what feels best for mm -hmm. you. This world of sound is really about what harmonizes with just like every other aspect of your life. You have to choose. Uh, you can listen to the same piece of music in 442 and in 430, and then you can make a decision based on what makes the difference. Some of you won't feel any difference at all, and therefore, you know, it, it'll be up to you. But uh, I don't believe that it's the sort of thing where, you know, it creates some kind of um, devilish reaction yeah. in human mm -hmm. beings to have a certain tuning or not. From what my teacher has told me, that when you're using certain frequencies, at least inside the body, that the body buffers those frequencies to try to receive what it is that it needs. And so, you know, if it's a little bit off there or a little bit off here, that it won't make that much of a difference. It's mm -hmm. the important thing is to, is to follow a system that's coherent so that it's not all over the place. So that's the only thing that I would say to folks who are being, you know, fed this line about whether it should be this tuning or that tuning. And really, you know, I feel like it's really got to be up to you. A very good point. Thank you. And it's also about um, connecting ourselves with that which resonates for us, right? That which vibrates for us, the same way as with people or with places or with everything that we encounter, right? Whatever feels right in our hearts. Absolutely. Nobody knows you better than you. So you've got to, you know, it's just a matter of coming into that place where you can tune in. And that's not something that many of us can easily do these days, particularly with the stress 
that's going on and the anxiety of what's happening right now. And people are kind of having trouble being able to find that sense of stillness and, and inner harmony. Thank you, Sherlyn. I would like to also ask you, um, how does sound move through space? Like when you are like doing a healing, I've seen you doing like healing in, a, in bigger groups, you know, with a lot of people lying down, or perhaps you also do one-on-ones with somebody. So how does sound move through space and how do we connect with a person to direct his sound to where we want it to go? It's a fascinating thing, Annalou. It's this sort of thing where, you know, sound has a, has a way of, of traveling through air um, and water. And what it does is that there's a manipulation of the, of the air so that it creates these vibrations. And, and these vibrations vary based on the frequencies. And some of them are very low and dense and some of them are very high. And so what's really interesting, though, is when you study... For example, people who, um, who have a blind disability and how much more sensitive their connection to the world around them is, to the space, the spatial recognition through, that they can even use sound to be able to determine through making clicks and various noises, they can make a determination of physical objects that are around them and be able to navigate those objects with precision. And that's something that is possible for each and every one of us to do. That's an innate gift that we can be able to use sound to be able to navigate the world around us. And when you start to be able to use music, sound and music in a setting like a group sound therapy concert or session, that attunement really helps because you will start to feel that there are certain energies in the room, certain bodies in the room that will be calling to you for a certain type of vibration. And that, that, that the feedback that comes back will then inform the way you play and, 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 how, and how close you play, the volume that you play. Well, this is something that you develop all the time with me because I feel like it's, you know, um, one of those things that explains why it is that we are all going towards the direction of resensitizing the human body. That the last couple of generations have worked to try to numb our senses by busying ourselves, by, you know, uh, inebriating ourselves with alcohol or drugs or what have you. And this process now, with where we're going today uh, in the last generation or so, has been so much more about coming into reconnection with those senses and how those senses can help discernment, decision-making, and pure connection with the world outside. It comes down to your vibration, but also how you relate with the vibrations around you. And that's really a key part of sound therapy, but just as a way of life. So I, I really appreciate that question. I feel that that's something we are just starting to kind of come to terms with. Yes, totally. Years. Totally. Thank you for sharing that. Very uh, important to, to start tapping into that. Thank you. Um, sure. Sheridan, could you give us some tips on how we can start connecting better with the harmonic frequencies of Earth? What are some things we can do in our day-to-day Or, of course, it will be beautiful if everybody can have um, access to your music and healing music and therapy. But just on a daily basis, what are some things we could start doing to connect more? Nature, 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 Annalou. This is where it's at. I can't encourage it enough. Yeah. I'm one of those few th sound therapists today that is really advocating for natural sound as a therapeutic tool. You see an awful lot of people with all kinds of digital setups and keyboards and amplifiers and all kinds of additional, you know, bells and so forth to try to, to try to get a sense of how, how they can perfect the musical performance. But really, is, the, is it going to create a healing space? Do you feel that sense of expansion and connection? And that's really where the rubber meets the road when it comes to sound therapy. If you can replicate natural sound for yourself, and if you can start to do it enough, well, you can discern, okay, this is where I need more vibration, the lower vibrations, the mid-ranges or the upper ranges. Then you can start to just, on a daily basis, basic toning with your natural voice. And a bowl can be there for you as one, mm -hmm. as one means of doing that. 
that's probably the most uh, universal way that you can start to bring in natural sound into your life. But if you can be in nature, if you have the luxury to be able to connect to nature in some way, and the sounds of nature, you know, the sounds of water, the sounds of birds, the sounds of wind and the trees and so forth, this has an incredible impact on hitting a reset button on the brain and just letting you feel the natural overtones of life. It's something that we have generationally come to a place where it generates peace for us. Over, over so many generations, our DNA responds. Even if you study the overtone sequence of natural acoustic sound, you will discover that mathematically, that these natural overtones that come from only natural sound replicate the golden ratio, the phi ratio, mm -hmm. the Fibonacci sequence, as it's also known. Yes, exactly. And this is the exact same sequence that is in our DNA. So something happens that interacts with the human consciousness when you start to experience natural sound. And it's something that I hear ongoingly, people telling me, I come away from your sound therapy, it's different from the other ones I go to, I'm able to sleep at night, I'm able to rest, my nervous system is, is peaceful. Uh, you know, how is it that you're doing that? And it's always the same answer. It's because I primarily use natural sound. And, and so coming back to that place is something that we, we, are, we are in need of doing, which is the exact opposite, perhaps, of where our technological realm is taking us. But I feel like we can have both. I feel like we can create a harmonious space where we carve out time and energy for natural sound. And at the same time, we're able to do what we need to do on a day-to-day -day basis to keep up with our demands. Yes, it's, it's beautiful what you said. And for me, just uh, like our inner, inner nature, like we are vibrating energetic beings. So this is kind of like a reflection of our microcosmos to the macrocosmos, right? This, we already yes. have it inside of us. So we just need to become aware of it and, and feel it, connect with it, right? In a deeper, in a deeper way. Thank you. It's so liberating when we get to that point because it's like, you know, um, you get a break from all of the static that comes along with the technology world. And we don't realize it because it's, it's just, it's a little, uh, sub, it's a subconscious effect on us. But it really, it, it makes the nervous system kind of um, hard, hard um, high wire. And yeah. This depresses us, it, it unwinds us from that place. Of where the digital world takes us and, and it's needed it's a balancing force that we need more than anything today yes and and, and totally I agree with you and also now moreover and because a lot of people are in their houses and perhaps not even uh, able to go outside or they maybe don't have even a garden they're like stuck in buildings condominiums so how to really uh, start connecting back to their inner nature and the sounds even from that little space you know how to create this harmonics and wellness within an area that's perhaps not close to nature right it's it's also important right now because a lot of them are limited to the opportunity to the possibility to connect yes that's true and you know when i studied shamanism i learned shamanism it's called urban shamanism and it's and it's meant exactly for that for people who are who are in the big cities and who are you know, feeling that disconnect from nature. It's something as simple as having a plant nearby you can make a difference, you know. You call in a certain chi, there's a chi there that comes through. And you can, you can, you know, tone to your plant or to your flowers or what have you. You can use your voice. If you get out of the mindset that I'm doing this because I want to sound like I'm, I'm a top 40 singer, if you get out of that mindset and you come back to a place where it's like, look, this is for my, this is connection. I talked to you about the study that my teacher did, and there are other studies that show that the human voice has a huge impact. If we can get out of that prison of our own creation, that the voice has to sound a certain way, and we start to be able to shift our entire perception. You can just hum and send the vibration of your hum in a conscious way to all the cells inside your body. And that it has an aligning quality. That's one simple thing to do. I just put out an album as well. And it's all a combination of natural sounds, different 
uh, recordings of nature from different parts of the world mixed in with natural instruments that I use in my sound healings. And then the other layer of it is uh, I bring in these mantras and chants from different traditions from different parts of the world that are meant to be um, kind of evoking the energy of nature as well. And each track is a different element of nature. It's a, it's a journey through the chakras, if you like, or the different elements of nature. And so that's something that I wanted to put out. It's taken me three years to do this album because it is so unlike other studio albums because <laughs> of the natural quality inside. Yeah. And it's coming out right now during this time of the pandemic. I just released it on Earth Day because I feel like, you know, uh, this is, a, this is a, a wonderful antidote or countering effect to the anxiety and the stress that we're feeling because of COVID. A moment, yes. Totally. I will be sharing uh, your information here on your album. And, um, I can't wait to, to hear it. And thank you so much for doing this work and helping us reconnect with our nature and balance. It's very important what you're doing, Sherwin. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you, my dear. Appreciate you. Thank you. Yes. And, um, and also, I just wanted to uh, touch back on the, what you said about empowering in our voice and use that as a tool, like becoming aware that we have this be, been given this beautiful instrument to connect with, with ourselves and nature, this instrument for harmony, for, for peace, right? And uh, that's a great invitation. Thank you for reminding us that. Thank you, Dolly. And just, just to let your listeners know, I was a Washington, D.C. advisor, and I was not in the world of music, you know, for 10 years or nine years, you know. And so uh, if I can bring myself to, to share my voice in such a way, in such a, you know, just in the last few years, I feel like anybody can. It's not like I'm a trained singer. I'm not trained. I'm not at all. I never went to an academy of, of, uh, of voice training or anything like that, a conservatory. This is something that's an innate gift. And just like everything else in our lives, if you just show up to it every day, that you can really start to develop that gift. And you can start to, with your awareness, turn it into a therapeutic tool as well. Thank you for that invitation. Yes, I, I resonate with you because I also um, was in the corporate world. And, um, and many times I was told that I couldn't sing. And I sing now. <laughs> So, um, taking, uh, taking that step into empowering and being genuine with what you feel you, you really, it's your dharma, it's your calling and how you can share from that space is, is beautiful and it's honoring our, ourselves at the same time, right? So thank you for that. And, and um, would you like to tell us a little bit of the, of the trainings you do and the work you do um, right now? Probably you're on pause, but... Let us know where we, I know you teach at the yoga barn and you do so many beautiful things. So I would like you to share with people what you do. Absolutely. I train people in, in facilitating sound healing journeys, multi-instrumental sound healing journeys. You don't have to have any background in music to do this training. You just have to feel like you have a connection to sound and music energy. In fact, it's often when I get people who are musically trained that it's more challenging because they have a certain mindset of performance and entertainment and that to shift that can be a little bit of a challenge for those musicians so don't feel discouraged if you don't have a background in music or sound this is really all about the world of energy and uh, what I do in Bali is I have people come I do two modules of training six days for the first module seven days for the second we go through all the different acoustic instruments all the instruments are there for you we train with each other we do daily vocal practice we do a, a, a gentle movement practice and then we get into to the different instruments there's practice every day we have a lot of fun at the end of the experience we do uh, everybody gives a presentation in groups to the to the rest of the group and so it's really just a way to kind of get more in touch with sound and the world of sound energy either for self-care or for you know supporting others the first module is that and it's there's a sacred component to it in the sense that you know uh, that presence that intention there is 
that aspect of it that we can explore and because bali is is as sacred as it is there's beautiful places we visit here that can help infuse that energy of intention and presence while we're here and that's the first module the second module goes more into the details and more into your own individual gifts and how you each individually connect to the sound and the music and how that that works as a practitioner sharing with others as a professional and i bring in my 10 years of experience about that and uh, you know we work together as a team and it's it's just you feel an incredible sense of bonding by the end of this experience and you have the tools and the know-how, the wherewithal to be able to go out in the world and start practicing yourself, doing your practice sessions and eventually doing it for the public. Well, that's yeah. it in a nutshell. I have a training coming up in August and September. God willing, it's still going to uh, be in effect. And that's going to be August 20th to 25th in Bali and then the first week of September as well for level two. So if you have any questions, you can go to my Sound Healing Bali website and get more information about that for sure i'll be sharing all your details and i hope i'm back there to be able to attend i had the opportunity to share a little bit with you um last year on one of your trainings and it was just fantastic so i really highly recommend you you're an amazing therapist uh, human being and i'm just delighted to have this conversation with you sharing so thank you so much for, for thank sharing. you and i was so delighted to have you come and share a little bit to our group thank you for the invitation thank you Sherwin. Thank you so much. Is there anything else um, you'd like to add about um, about sound healing or the connection to the natural sound, the natural world? Yeah, the, the only last thought that I'd like to share with people is that, you know, this is the direction in which it's not just sound. The direction in which humanity is going, even with this whole COVID outbreak, is to do with coming back to the basics, coming back to the simplicity and the natural way the innate nature, the innate wisdom. And if you think about that, you think about the other types of modalities in the energy world that are starting to gain prevalence today. The raw food movement, the breath work movement, you know, the yoga movement and the conscious movement. All of this has to do with coming back to, to the basics, coming back to what is there and and just kind of cutting through all that stuff that confuses and creates mental chatter. So just consider that there are those of us out there in the sound world that are still encouraging this. And please be discerning. If you're in a place where you're not feeling that, where you're not feeling that deep connection inside, where somebody's playing loopers and digitizations and all kinds of you know funky uh, layerings on there, which, which may sound great on a performance level but really aren't letting you find that place of deep connection listen to that you know filter those out away if you feel it and move towards that which really feels like it resonates that's the only advice i have about this whole situation thank you that's such an important message to share with us and humanity right now um and thank you for your kind words and the last question i wanted to ask you um because this podcast that i've developed uh, the main goal is to create awareness and consciousness on, on diverse uh, topics, you know, environmental, social, and spiritual. So I would like your um, input on what do, you, what do you feel it is to, to be a conscious being and how can we tap into this consciousness in, on an individual level to, to influence the collective? I think it's a great question. It cuts to the heart of everything. And I would just go to my own training and, and bring back that word listening listening it's what life is about there's a great quote from russell paul who wrote yoga of sound and he says that there isn't a problem in the world man-made human-made problem in the world that can't be better dealt with through better listening that we we are at a place where we have lost the art of listening and as we get into a place where things are kind of like thrown at us and we have shorter attention spans it's becoming less and less possible to listen on a soul level, let alone be able to, you know, be able to tune into the decisions that we're making and the and listening that's necessary from us when it comes to the work we're doing, the relationships we're in, and the choices we make in our life. So coming back to that place of listening is really where consciousness uh, can can change our lives and transform things. And music is one 
one wonderful component of that, if not the most essential one, because how we listen to music and receive music can be a reflection of how we receive vibration in all aspects of our lives. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Shervin, for allowing us to invite these conversations for deep listening, for a deeper connection with the heart and nature and our essences vibrating energetic beings. So I really love this conversation with you. Thank you again so much for your time, for joining us from your home in Bali. And uh, I can't wait to see you again when I'm back there. So <laughs> I hope that soon. Me too, Analu. Me too. I hope you come back soon and um, missing you a lot. And please take care over there. And I wish everybody a good, uh, healthy return to the things that matter to them in this time. And I send you all my love. Thank you, Sherving. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Sherving today, and I hope you gain a lot of interesting insights. And we'll be posting some more podcasts really soon. Thank you so much. Namaste. Thank you. Namaste. <laughs> Yeah,